Hi everybody and welcome back to Two-Headed Game Master. I'm Cosmo, the Moosehead from the Muppet movies. That's right, I'm back and I have a podcast now. Uh, I'm Dane, the Puppet Masterhead. Oh no, <laughs> figure that one out. Um, Two-Headed Game Master is a podcast about writing, designing, running, and playing role-playing games where we discuss our favorite hobby, share our thoughts with you all, and even play some games. Uh, Dane, what are we discussing today? Cosmo, today we're going to be talking about character creation. Yes, we did promise we would do that. Now, we did uh, already play the session that you're making a character for. just want to let everyone know that. Yes. But we decided to put this episode first uh, because we thought it was a good way for you guys to have an example of how to make a character. This is the last um, sort of instructional episode about how to... Uh, how to use the Eclipse Engine, which is the system that we play on, the system we came up with. So, yeah, you're going to be hearing these a little out of order. We did already play this session, but today we're going to be talking about how I created the character in a sort of nitty-gritty, filling out the character sheet way, but also in a um, what sort of role-playing decisions informed filling out the character sheet. So the examples we'll be using are from the session that you will hear next if you're listening to these in order, uh, but they should be useful if like you're trying to make a character for something that you've created uh, with the Eclipse engine. Yes. So uh, I'll tell you real quick, I guess, what we're going through today, a little preview, as it were. So today is going to be all about character creation. What we're going to do first is Dane is going to explain the setting that he ran, this uh, quick one-shot that we did. Um, then we're going to get into the character that I played. I played a single character, single session, one-shot. Um, we're going to talk about his background, the background I came up for him, how that tied into the setting, and you know what the session actually was. And then we're going to go through his attributes, how I distributed his attribute points, how I picked and uh, kind of how I picked out the skills that made him who he is, and then uh, what gear I spent what points on for his loadout. Perfect. So a little intro into this setting. Well, it's uh, original. I just came up with it kind of on the fly one day. It's futuristic uh, space. So humans came to this planet. They didn't originate here. It's been a couple centuries. Uh, well, more than a couple centuries. Because it's partially terraformed. It had some mild... It had some success, but it was still a very inhospitable world. Humans had built cities in the mountain ranges to survive, and then they became extremely stratified society. And you're kind of, the characters are going to be dealing with that, kind of. Uh, the mission I chose was for Cosmo's character to be like a courier and take some contraband from one city to another through the dangerous uh, lowlands. Right. So, a little quick uh, aside before we dive into it, get into the nitty gritty. Um, the the one shot 
setting that Dane came up with is kind of a perfect example of the strength of the Eclipse engine. This, you know, the setting could could literally be anything, and this was you know, a fun sci-fi setting with, um, you know, a whole world built up behind it that nobody had ever like heard of or been to before. This is completely made up, completely original for this one shot that you will uh, that you will hear in later episodes. I obviously and, had some influences. Yeah, but it came from some stuff, but worth mentioning that uh, worth mentioning that. Even though, you know, like, yeah, you had some sci-fi influences, um, some other media maybe you were thinking about when you came up with it. It was a completely original thing that the Eclipse engine has no trouble supporting. And you'll hear that when we play, but it, uh, you know, it worked really well. So, I guess... Cosmo, why don't you tell us a little bit about where you started in your character creation process. Yes. All right. So I um, I received the information that you all just received from Dane, the pitch of the setting and the, um, the little bit about like what the mission, what the adventure was actually going to be. Uh, and the thing that struck me immediately was the idea of this like very stratified um, classist, sci-fi society so you know lots of rich people up top kind of live in the high life and then lots of people in labor or you know down in the dangerous um down in the dangerous like lowlands of this planet between the prosperous mountain cities who you know live wildly different lives from the uh from each other all these different like classes of society they live very different from each other so what I wanted to do was be a kind of like society rich guy um, who needed to take this job. And we'll, I'll get into why. But so he'd be a little bit out of his element. Um, oops. He'd be a little bit out of his element in the, uh, in the upcoming session. So first I decided he's going to be a rich guy in this um, in this society, he's going to come from money, but he's also got to have a reason to like be getting into the adventurer life. So I'm thinking he doesn't come from that much money. He comes from, you know, like medium money and he's living beyond his means, which is why he needs to engage in this sort of, uh, not quite criminal, but a little bit like shady, um, smuggling package delivery stuff. Because he's living beyond his means, but he wants to keep living the rich guy life. So he needs to he needs to make a little extra money and keep it quiet from all his rich guy peers. So what I'm hearing is you started with instead of starting with like a background, you actually started with uh kind of a personality and like a situation that your character's in is has a rich lifestyle yeah. and needs to maintain it but can't in the traditional sense. Yeah. So you used some of the information that I gave you to make that happen. Uh, definitely. Also, I would say, yes, I began with background, but I would say even before that, I began with like the bit about your setting. 
the bit about the pitch for the adventure that um that just like spoke to me first the thing that leapt out at me and was like this is this differentiates this from um you know some other possible adventures or settings and then yeah i went to i went directly to background from there so the um the stratified classes in this sci-fi world that was a thing that i thought was very interesting all right made let's, a character uh, who let's put it up on the board on the board you uh pick something from the the adventure pitch that resonated with you and you started that was your starting point yes um so yeah then from there i uh started thinking about his personality kind of what his job was getting more into like the the background of his character and that led me directly into how i distributed his attributes but i'll tell you a little bit about who i kind of came up with first so in this uh future sci-fi society where a bunch of humans have gone to a new planet um i made a guy called bernard who i wanted to be like hoity-toity and you know like kind of spoiled rich guy but also a little bit like slimy greasy so the background i came up with him is he had enough money he came from enough like family money to you know go to a nice school and to kind of live the kind of live the high life in the big cities but if he hadn't um if he hadn't met somebody in college or i don't know grad school or something whatever space higher education he would have had to still work for a living but he managed to like make a few friends and turn his charismatic kind of weaseling into his rich guy fancy job which is just to be a spiritual advisor for a young like ceo in this uh setting so he just does like yoga and meditation and you know stupid little meetings with probably an old college buddy and has kind of parlayed that into a high level rich guy living but he's gone beyond his means he wants to you know be hanging out in sci-fi yachts and you know so he just wants so to be the doing all the rich guy stuff at home know like i didn't give any uh help on education system or like corporations or anything like that um no that's true cosmo kind of made that part of the world and part of designing a character is also filling out the worlds uh because as the game master you're sure you might have a uh, the original thought and brainchild but it would be impossible to fill out every tiny little detail yeah uh, even with well-written long rule books or source books um it is impossible so how did you or why i guess not how how said how again let me take uh let me take a second why <laughs> did you come up with those things how did you see them coming into the story of bernard or like how through play right um okay well so like i came up with that stuff and i figured just like we'd find ways to fit it in and i 
I, you know, I talked to you about it when I had my idea for the character. We made sure all this fit and gave you an opportunity to like, you know, work anything critical into the adventure if it needed sure. to come up. I think we should put that up on the board too. Yeah. Talk it over with your game master. Big, like, yeah. Big good advice point number two. Do character creation with your game master and do it in concert with whatever the adventure is going to be. Um, but then, yeah, returning to your question, the how how I saw it playing into like how he'd problem solve. Mainly, I wanted him to be a little like a little fish out of watery because I thought that would be fun to play. So his capabilities wouldn't directly. Um, help him the things that he's good at aren't necessarily going to be the things that are good for the mission but he can talk his way out of anything that's kind of his deal he talked his way into the position he is now he's a talker and uh you know kind of a, a schemer and a get people to do what he likes her and also he has some money now not a ton of money he can't just like buy his way through it if he could he wouldn't be here so you imagined his backstory would come in come out and play through the way he approaches problems any problem mm -hmm. and usually the answer for bernard would be to talk it mm -hmm. which is a good sort of opportunity to lead into how i started to distribute his attributes that is how i imagined bernard um, approaching situations, solving problems, and dealing with other characters in this adventure. So, well, one of the first things I did was give him a uh, give him a charisma attribute of nine. Which, um, if how you guys many, have your how many points do you start with, Cosmo? How many points? Pop yeah, maybe quiz. I should just start at the very beginning. Pop quiz. A character in the Eclipse Engine is built out of 45 points, spread across seven attributes. Uh, and for any of you following along with your Eclipse Engine, available for free on our website, why haven't you downloaded it yet? For free. Um, down at the bottom, or down at the, at the end of the document, is a little just sort of guide for... That stuff. So the the human range, the normal human range is from like five to eight, is about what we came up with. That's attributes for a normal human in most situations. Now some people are higher or lower. Uh and I decided that Bernard's main thing was gonna be charisma, talking to people, deceiving them, charming them. Um, those are skills. We'll get into some of how that stuff. But yeah. So with a charisma also, of nine. Also, just like the average, the average, uh, that wasn't just something we thought of. That's just math. Yeah, that's... 45 points distributed evenly, you're going to get around there. Yeah. So, a, high, a little bit higher than average charisma. Well, a little bit higher than like normal human range. Not inhuman, but definitely on the high side. Because um, that's kind of his main thing. Now that... That gives me nine. We're going for a total of 45. Um, next thing uh, that I thought he needed was a similar sort of capability in the cleverness and the, like, finding solutions. 
thing. He had to he had to think on his feet to get where he is, and he has to think on his feet constantly to kind of like trick all his rich guy clients that you know he belongs with them and that he's not just spouting bullshit because that's what he does. He's a he's a bullshit artist, so he's got to be pretty smart to do that. So I gave him mind of nine as well. So he is charismatic and clever. That gives me total of 18. All right, I can see him taking shape uh, very heavy on the mental attributes. Yes. Um, but then on the last one, the last mental, mental attribute, uh, his perception is only a six. So that's like right in the realm of just like normal human, human average. Um, and it's because he is just naturally a little bit lazy and not always the most observant. He likes this position that he has. He likes his role in society because it allows him to just be, um, to be self-indulgent and lazy. And so he doesn't always pay the most attention to everything that's going on because he's not interested in it. He's interested in like going home to his cozy mansion for the day. So his perception is only a six. Normal human average. That brings us up to 24. Um, now, I think, you know, there's also another way you could have played it. Uh, why did you put nine into your mind attribute and six into your perception? Because I feel like you could also make the same character, but reverse those two. You could be very perceptive of like, is mm-hmm. this guy like going to pick up on my bullshit or like, do I have him hook, line and sinker or like, am I about to get punched because I'm saying something really ridiculous? Right. Um, you could definitely. And what we discussed in the, uh, what we discussed in our first ever episode talking about the eclipse engine was the idea that perception is your character's ability to perceive the world around him. It's how he like sees and hears things. And it also has to do with him like picking up, uh, you know, signs and signals. And then mind is critical thinking and decision-making. What do you do with that information once you get it? Um, and I like the idea that Bernard is kind of self-absorbed, um, which is why his perception is not as high. Like he's thinking a lot and he's, you know, working on stuff, but in doing that, He's letting some stuff kind of pass him by. And that might be okay most of the time, but he's also about to embark on his first sort of criminal excursion. So that might come back to bite him a little bit. Um, Then, so that's perception, mind, and charisma. Then we get into the physical attributes. And I'll just start with um, speed. Speed, I gave him a three. Normal. Very normal. Um, and speed is one where, like, the human, the normal human range looks a little bit different because, as we said before, speed is about how many tiles on a battle map he can move or how many three meter, um, how many three meter units he can move per action. So is a little bit less and it's okay with being a little bit less because his job is not, you know, like running up to people and hitting them with a sword or, you know, like he's not a ninja. He's not a, 
He's not anything like that. So he doesn't need anything other than just like regular human walking around speed. So speed of three, that brings us up to a total of 27. Um, next in the physical side is toughness. And I wanted him to just be kind of a little slight, maybe even a little bit of a wimp. Uh, so I gave him five toughness. And a wimp just in the physical sense. You know, he can't get mm-hmm. he can't get punched too much. If he gets shot at, like, you know, is not uh Right. That's so, not his normal thing. To contrast and uh listeners, if you listen to the next uh episode or the end of the session, you'll see this. So one of my characters, I had I put a lot into the physical attributes. Well, mainly speed and dexterity. He was very fast and he was very dexterous, but he also did not have that high of a toughness. And you can see, if you listen to it, what happens when you do not have high, if you just have low base toughness and no armor to help, mm-hmm. one one shot can end your life. I'm not trying to give away spoilers or nothing. No, but as worth noting, a uh, a character can have what might be considered like average toughness and still be a good adventurer if you just spend some points on protection on you know armor or a shield depending on what kind of session you're playing whatever you want to make up for it um that stuff really goes a long way and you might you know find yourself needing those attribute points in other areas plus I would say, you know, when it comes to toughness in this sort of like role-playing situation, um, human characters at least are all in the same four-point range anyway, because if you get shot with bullets or hit with swords or axes or whatever, uh, you know, you're probably going to go down pretty quick. And that's the sort of combat system we tried to create. So I was okay with giving Bernard a uh, slightly below average toughness of five. But you were thinking, uh, were you thinking about any way to uh, kind of make up for that in skills or equipment? I was. Um, and we'll talk about how I did that directly in loadout. Next, the last two physical skills are strength and dexterity. Now, I gave him a strength of six and a dexterity of seven, which brings us up to our total of 45. And... Tell you why I did that. He's a fit guy, a healthy guy, but he's not a, um, you know, he's not like a lifter and he's not a runner or any sort of like real athlete. He takes care of himself though, because that's part of like the appearance he has to come up with. Uh, and that actually, I can lead directly into skills with that. One of his skills well, is. You got something right else? Before, right okay. before we move on to talking about your skills, uh, how it's a good lead into skills. How much did you, because uh, it sounds kind of like when we're doing it now out in this podcast, you know, kind of the follow along format, it hmm. sounds very um, sterile and, oh, I thought about my attributes first. How much were you thinking about skills and equipment while you were also distributing your attributes? I was thinking of them 
uh, I was thinking of them all kind of simultaneously. We're going through as a sort of like paint by numbers here to fill out a character sheet and trying to like tell you guys, tell all you listeners the stuff that is going through my mind as I'm doing this. But it did happen in a more sort of like uh, a more dynamic and simultaneous thing. I would think like, oh, this is a skill that I want. This directly informs his background or his personality, how he's going to, you know, play. Mm -hmm. And then I would be like, all right, well, he definitely needs the uh, the attribute points to back it up. Right. So I think, you know, to something to put on the board uh, through the attribute section would be attributes are what your character is going to use to do everything. Like that's where it starts. If you don't have a skill or you don't have a piece of equipment, you're going to look for your attributes. Mm. So that's like your base. When you make, when you distribute your base, think about what you're going to add. Where's the next block going to go? Where's your skill going to lie? Where's what equipment are you going to have to complement or make up for a lack in attributes? Yeah. Or, put it on the know, board. Put it on the board. Also, like it's okay to be bad at some stuff. It's if you try and uh, if you try and make a character in the Eclipse Engine who's, you know, one if, dimensional. If you, yeah. So like we we had a character once, or we had a player once who made a character who had two strength and was just really good at shooting his gun. Mm -hmm. And like, sure, that's how he solved all his problems was mm -hmm. shoot a gun at it. And the rules well, don't happens, like prevent you from creating a character that way, but. That character what happens lacks when dimension you can't in the role-playing sense and in the like gameplay sense, because now there's only one thing you can do. Similarly, though, if you try and like spread your points out evenly and pick skills that you think can handle everything, you're just gonna be mediocre at everything rather than you know, well right, suited so... to the stuff that you need to be well suited to. And like, yeah, I know that's shitty advice because uh, we said <laughs> both things. But yeah. you know, find a find the level that you're comfortable with. Specialize, but don't over specialize. I guess. Yeah. Put that up on the board. Put it up. Specialize, but don't over specialize, and don't over generalize either. Um, so skills. Yeah. Let's let's get back into Bernard. We'll talk about his skills here. Um. So I'll just go down his skills and I'll tell you um, how they play into like who he is, but also how they played into his attributes. So his first skill and kind of the linchpin that I built his character around is charm. In interpersonal situations, he is charming and he knows that he is and he knows how to be charming. Um, that can apply to his mental attributes really easily also if there was a situation where he had to be charming in a sort of like well, maybe he had to like seduce someone sort of way he's also you know he's he's not like the most unphysical specimen so maybe he could charm with his body in some situations i don't know uh but yeah that's kind of his main thing he's charmed his way into the position he has in life it had to be one of his skills. Another one, his next one, is analysis. Now, 
analysis I thought he needed. Um, analysis almost exclusively applies to mind or sometimes perception in this situation. It allows him to analyze what it allows me, the player, to do is solicit information from the game master. Information that I don't have, but my character Bernard might. Um, Pop quiz. How many skills do you start with? You start with seven in the Eclipse Engine. Nailed it. Put it up all, on the board. You start with seven skills. You start with seven. Should have said that in the beginning. They all give you plus one to the attribute, and you can add points to them as you go if you're playing a campaign where progression is a thing. Um, yeah. So, that's analysis. His next one is... So this is one that two. I made up. That's two. This is one that I completely made up. It's not in the suggested skills, but I thought it applied to his uh, background more than anything. And I wasn't really sure if there'd be a way to um, use this in the adventure, because I didn't know what was going to happen in the adventure. But Bernard is a foodie, and he has foodie as a skill. So he's, uh, he's just very interested in his food, and it's one of the things he enjoys about like living the rich life is he gets to eat good. And it's part of why he kind of parasites onto these higher level, more rich people. Um, is because they have like executive dining rooms in the, uh, in the companies, in the, you know, in the corporate suites that he visits them in. And um, that's a thing so that I, he just I really, really likes. I really like that skill uh, because one, you made it up. Always love to see that folks. Uh, also, the second reason I loved it is because it's it is uh, it's not a very useful skill. You know, not to say that it wasn't useful in the session, but it it does more to add atmosphere and like round out the character than it does to just to be like you know a badass killing machine with all your skills stacked towards like combat and everything like that. So like when you got a chance to use it, it was very good storytelling i guess is like i'm gonna use my foodie skill how does this like taste yeah it definitely like it builds in role play or it applies directly to role play more than it applies to like you know skill tests or right. you know certainly a lot combat a lot uh or further away from min maxing and more to like the role play experience yeah um so, I also, you know, thought maybe there'd be a way that I could, like, charm someone, or I could use my foodie skill if there was an opportunity. I don't know what situations, as I'm creating this character, I didn't know what situations I was going to get into. Maybe I could uh, poison somebody if I needed to. Mm -hmm. Foodie would be a thing that I could, well, I could ask the game master, can I use this in this situation? This is what I want to do. Would this help me? Um, but yeah, his next skill, skill number four is deception. He deceives people and that is another one like charm that directly applies to his perception and mind and his charisma. Those are the different attributes he would use deception with in order to get people to believe what he needs them to believe. Because that's kind of how he's built his whole life. And 
he also is engaging in this one shot because he's been kind of concealing the uh, the truth of how he lives and how he spends his money from everyone else in his life. That's a very just natural thing for him to put on the appearance of, you know, like wealth and easygoingness. Um, but that's allowed him to be... That's allowed him to develop his skills in deception in all his interpersonal interactions. Right. So he's so not necessarily a, a trustworthy a skill guy. That is informed by the backstory. Yes. And and useful in whatever adventure you might be involved in. So that is number four. Number five, uh, I gave him a sleight of hand skill. Now this one directly has to do with his um, vocation, but in sort of a funny way. What I thought was, Bernard, like, he swipes stuff from the office all the time. He, like, you know, he'll swipe stuff from, like, the coffee station or from the dining room. And because he's not actually, you know, like, the high society rich guy that he hangs around with or pretends to be. So sometimes he just swipes things. And I thought that was funny. Um, and I also thought that, like, he might find it unexpectedly useful on the adventure. As the player, I could see, you know, lots of ways where having sleight of hand could help you on an adventure or a crime mission or a dungeon crawl or whatever. I can see all the ways that that could be helpful. But Bernard doesn't know that in the beginning of this. He just knows that, like, sometimes he steals, uh, you know, sometimes he steals, like, condiments from the office kitchen because he's not actually the rich guy he pretends to be. Um, that's number five. Number six, and this is the one we kind of got away from it. I got distracted. This is the one that directly ties into his strength and dexterity, and we're kind of, like, the reason I figured he should be at least somewhat kind of fit and healthy is uh, Bernard does yoga, and he has hmm. yoga as a skill. It's one of the things that um, comes from his job as this like so spiritual you can't be advisor a guru guy, without right? Knowing yoga. So he does like guided meditation and yoga for these high power rich guy executives who he who he gloms onto. That one was completely just about his background. I didn't really know any way that that would come up or be helpful or useful on the adventure but I decided it was a kind of key thing about his character. It's one of the only things that he actually, like, authentically does and is good at. I could I could see you using that instead of, like, a basic lifting skill, uh, using your yoga skill. I'd allow it as a game master. Yogis know how, like, the skeleton works, and you can like, help stack out my strength up. a little bit. You know, you can, you know, lift with your legs, not your back, that kind of deal. Uh, I could also see a way you could argue that that's for fighting somehow, like in some situations, like maybe like a, in a grapple on the ground, you do like a bridge or something. I don't know. Right. So. So when you yeah. made up your skills, uh, the ones that you made up, you were thinking about ways in which you could use them uh, all. Well. Except for yoga, you weren't really sure on how you could use that. 
Um, so I think that is something to put on the board when you're making up skills, which we encourage because that's where the fun happens. Mm-hmm. Think about a couple ways in which you could use those skills. And always, you know, make an argument if you like, hey, I think we're grappling on the ground here. I want to use my yoga skill to like get out of this guy's hold. Me personally, I'd allow it. I think I would too. You know, you want the game to be interesting, not restrictive. Uh, The last one, that's number six, yoga. His last skill is haggling. And this one is both a uh, you know a very utility, a very utilitarian skill in the context of the game engine, um, but directly comes from his background and his personality, who this guy is. Uh, kind of beat it to death. Bernard's not an actual fancy rich guy, but he likes to pretend he is, and he likes to live like he is in order to do that because he's not actually from like the big old money on this planet. Um, he has to, like, he has to bargain and deal. So, haggling is a skill that he has. And that's another one that would apply to his, like, mental, his charisma, or his mind, or his perception. If he can see, like, a a defect that would allow him to get a piece of merchandise for a discount, or, you know, his charisma to, like, kind of bully the shopkeeper into helping him out a little bit. Haggling. That's Bernard's seventh skill. Rounds the guy out. So, charm, analysis, foodie, deception, sleight of hand, yoga, and haggling. Those are the seven sort of gameplay keystones that make up this character. So, let's move on to the last thing that makes character in the Eclipse engine. All right. Pop quiz... How many points do you get to equip your character with? I thought you were going to say, what is the last thing in character uh, creation? It's equipment. That would have been, would have been <laughs> It's a equipping your character. Uh, yes. So, you get 20 points to equip your character. Uh, pop quiz back. How are the equipment items, how are they, you know, separated? Answer, I'm the quizzer, not the quizzy. Uh, thank you very much, player. <laughs> Uh, but our answer it anyways because I'm a good sport. Uh, so well, we appreciate gear. Gear is separated by what we call quality. Uh, intuitive. The more points you spend on it, the better the gear is. The more it does for you in the game engine. So we have four categories: poor, fair, excellent, and heroic. How did Bernard equip himself? Okay. We'll go through just item by item. Um, Bernard has... Alright. So, he's not like a fighter. He's not a, uh, he's not a warrior, and he's not like a professional smuggler or any sort of like, you know, badass. But, he still had to have some stuff. So... What I did is I gave him a uh, a poor firearm, or sorry, not a poor firearm, a poor uh, melee weapon, small melee weapon, plus a uh, a poor piece of armor. So that's two points each, four points, 
And what I said is those are in the form of a, like, fancy rich guy watch that he wears. So in this sci-fi universe, I thought, like, you know, the upper crust of this society, maybe they don't go about with, like, big bodyguards, or obviously Bernard can't afford to anyway. So he has a, just, like, a watch that can protect him from harm with an electric field or, like, you know, taser zap someone if he has to get into a physical So you, you had one piece of equipment, but you spent four points on it to give it uh, combat powers and protective powers. Yes. Or so, stats, not necessarily powers, but stats. Yeah, so I'm saying Bernard has a rich guy watch that is at once a, a poor melee weapon and a poor piece of armor. Um... So I spent points on both things. I bought a poor piece of armor, and I bought a poor melee weapon. Right. So you ended up with uh, a melee weapon that... Uh, it was a small melee weapon, correct? Yes. So you have a melee weapon with a Ranger 1, mm-hmm. and the damage would be strength plus uh, 10. Yep. And then your protection that the watch gives you would be armor of poor quality, which gives you, uh, I believe it's two points? Two points. Towards your toughness? Two toughness. Um, which brings my effective toughness in combat up to seven. Still not super great, but respectable. I won't die in the first shot, hopefully. Um, what did I do next? Well, next I was thinking, I already got his armor, but that's not really... Uh, the watch isn't all he wears. Um, and this directly played into the plan I had. So from, from Dane giving me the pitch for the universe, or for the setting, the planet, uh, and that I was going to be a sort of underground criminal courier, I have to transport a package. I came up with a plan of how I was going to do that. And one of the... So the next thing I did is I spent... How much? Um, I spent seven points on an excellent um, rich guy outdoorsman outfit. Because if I'm gonna go down in the, if I'm gonna go down in like the jungles between the mountain cities, I'm gonna do it in style. I'm gonna look cool when I do it. So, what this um, thing does, it's a non-combat buff, is what I did. I spent seven points on an excellent non-combat buff, which gives me a plus five. And what I decided to do is put that on my charisma. So in the situation of me being like out there, I'm looking snazzy and I have a huge just advantage on my on my coolness out there. My interpersonal relationships that are based on charisma. I'm looking fly and that's going to help me out. Um, the next thing... So what are you up to, 11? You've spent 11 points? Yes, I've spent 11 points. The next thing that I got was a, uh, a rich guy, like, big game safari, uh, like, trophy hunting rifle. Now, this... What did I spend? Um... I spent another seven points on this, so I bought an excellent uh, firearm, and, or sorry, not firearm, heavy weapon. 
I bought an excellent heavy weapon because I was like, well, this is what, you know, this is what Bernard would take down there. He's not good at using it. He doesn't have any skills or even a well, you know, rounded attribute table to use firearms or to get in gunfights. Um, but right, so this what, is like how, what rich guys take down there. When we played, I kind of imagined it as like a breech loader. Yeah. That was that was it, right? I don't know if you said that or if I just guessed right or whatever. I might but have like, mentioned it, but it's, yeah, uh, like a breakdown elephant gun. It fits into the setting because it's like a total rich guy gun, right? Mm-hmm. So, so what, that he, brings you up to 18? That brings me up to 18, yeah. So he doesn't really know how to use it, but it's powerful, and it kind of is, like, part of his... It's part of his disguise in taking, like, the lowland trail in the first place as a rich guy who is also secretly smuggling contraband. Um, and hopefully it'll help him out, even if he's not that good at using it. We'll see. So, yeah, that brings me up to 18, with a excellent um, big game rifle. The last thing I got was I just called it a rich guy ring, um, and I spent two points on that as a non-combat buff to my bargaining skill or my haggling skill. So that gives me plus two to haggling when I use the rich guy ring. I just figured, like, good to bring a little physical wealth on his person in case I need to, you know, make some bribes or something. Sure. And that rounds me out to 20 points. Well, there you have it, folks. There's Bernard. Uh, he had a middle name. Chipak. Oh, Bernard Helios Chugtai. Helios I don't Chugtai. Think I, said, uh, I don't think I said his full name. I don't at the think he did, but now... Now that he's a full character, he gets a full name. Yeah. That's what do you cool. think about that? Folks? I did it on purpose. Uh, oh, we didn't put anything on the board for loadouts. Uh, loadouts, put it on the board. Um, but things that things that will be effective for the adventure that, that you're in, but also useful. things that make sense for the character you're playing. Yeah. Um, and if you didn't have any of these, but like if you didn't need, if it doesn't give you a buff and you don't need to roll for it, you don't need to spend points on it. Yes. Um, uh, and that does come up in the session. Uh, one thing yes. that Dane mentioned uh, in the beginning, the like intro to this setting, is like cybernetic modifications are a thing on this planet. Um, especially Spoilers. among the, like, the labors and like the working class. But rich guys sometimes don't. So I was like, all right, well, rich guy, he doesn't really, except for just like the basic stuff. Um, and then that sort of falls in with like, he wears underwear. He has shoes. He didn't really have to pay for that stuff because that's what everyone has in this setting. All right, so Bernard, complete character, right? He's got his uh, his background, where he came from, uh, what he was doing up until the, the mission, the story happens. He got uh, the 45 attribute points distributed, Accordingly, you got your seven skills, and then you got your 20 points worth of equipment. Boom, you're ready to play, bud. That's it. Uh, so, hopefully, listening to this, maybe it was a little more rambling than you needed it to be, but hopefully it was helpful. Um, character creation, 
I feel like hopefully you should have a better understanding of it now. How to go through the character sheet, fill out attributes, skills, loadout, and have all of that keep like looping back into role playing. Like, what's their personality? How do they approach problems? How do that? How does all of that stuff? What is their background? And then how does all of it fit into the setting? Um. I think that's going to do it for today. Uh, again, we are the Two-Headed Game Master. You can find us at 2HGM.com. Uh, leave us a comment, uh, your feedback on the episodes, what we could do next, maybe. Um, on our website, 2HGM.com, the Eclipse Engine is available to download for free, if you haven't done that already, uh, along with the character sheet. Free to all who want it. Download that and get playing. You'll also find a link to our Patreon. Did you already say that one? No, you didn't. I did not. Yeah, but link to our Patreon on the website. Definitely check out our Patreon. Give us a quarter. Yeah. We'd love to have it. We'd appreciate it. Um, Join us next time for another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. Dane, what are we doing next time? Next time, well, we're going to play. You're going to see some, some live action. Well, you're going to hear, not see. Bernard's going to go through an adventure. Yeah. Live play, fun adventure. This character uh, testing his mettle in our first live play adventure on this show. Um, I think that's going to do it. Join us next week for that. Thank you to the Burning Saviors for the use of their song, Pontillo's Finest, as the intro and outro to our program. And... See ya. We're squawk at you next week. Yeah.